Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see tons and tons of best ball mania, draft puppies, all these different draft streams, particularly here on Spike Week. But today we're going to start a little something special. The Spike Week gang is drafting in the Bulldog, a high stakes $500 tournament on underdog slow drafts only. So we're going to start today kicking off our first round pick and some of our general strategy for this tournament. And we'll be recording episodes every pick hereafter. Let's get into round one. Three, two, one. All right, guys. So really quickly before we hop into here, this is fun. I think this is the first time all four of us have been together on a show shout out uh, i'm sick of talking to rob so we don't even need to talk to rob trev and silas and of course silas is uh going to be running the ones and twos for us here on on this draft but really quickly before we start to pass it to you guys to start talking about what we want to accomplish here in this tournament i did want to run down what the heck is the bulldog right in the intro i mentioned it's a little more of a higher stakes tournament so the four of us are going to draft it together on underdog it is a 500 dollar entry what does this say 432 total teams in the whole tournament right a two hundred thousand dollar prize pool with thirty thousand to first place it's a pretty sweet structure actually and then obviously has a, the the same typical you know two teams advance out of the regular season into the 15 16 17 with it's the four four see look at that i don't this know. is why i should be doing the intros here eric because you don't even know that there's true. four teams that advance which this is the first time odds. I've even looked. This is the first time I've even looked at the <laughs> looked at the bulldog. It makes your odds so much better to get through. Like the big dogs and stuff like that, or or have done this. A lot of the higher stakes stuff, but I don't think it. That's what we got to talk about as we go through these picks. Like, is that going to change our strategy? Because you're advancing a third of the field as opposed to 
you know, just two out of out of 12. So that's what makes these higher stakes stuff a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting, because the variance of the teams that get through to the playoffs are going to be much greater based on the amount of teams that are actually advancing through. So as you said, I should have pulled this up, obviously, before we started speaking. But you see 432 total teams in this tournament, which is kind of interesting also when you think about it this way. There's only 36 like total drafts that happen in this, right? So there's only 36 Justin Jefferson teams as an example, something we'll think about uh, as we talk through our picks. As you guys mentioned, top four move out of your um, initial 12-team league, and then the top two move out in the next round, which is... Two of six, which is pretty crazy. Six-person groups in round two. So (laughs) got a pretty good shot, as you said, to move on there. And then top one out of six again with a final round of just eight teams so really really you know clean paths all the way through to the finals um silas you were the one that registered for this how are you kind of thinking about the bulldog before we hop into our first round pick in terms of does anything change right with this structure the smaller field and the easier advancements yeah so i think micro edges are going to be huge um, just by the fact of, you know, more teams are going to get through. So, um, you know, you're not going to get a lot of similar rosters um, in, in ensuing weeks, right? Just because top four advance, um, you know, you're going to have a, a, a big change in how everybody drafts. And, you know, it's going to kind of be a, a hodgepodge of all the different types of teams. Um, you know, it might get similar towards the the finals with only eight teams being there. Um, you know, it's kind of going to be piggybacked by probably one or two guys who go off in, you know, the week 16, 17, or 15, 16. Um, but, you know, you can kind of get creative, uh, and it really is going to be, I think, correlation and uh, probably the schedule that will kind of push you over the edge. So using those micro edges to your advantage. Trev, what are you, what are you thinking about uh... – this tournament have you spent any time thinking about different things that you'll do maybe differently right in this tournament as opposed to best ball mania or the the bigger large field tournaments yeah you know it's ironic we have all the sickos on because we don't need to galbrand as much but the thing i was thinking is like those mid-round guys that absolutely go off if cmc goes down elijah mitchell takes over seven out of the eight teams in the finals could have one of the same players and then being different actually does matter because if everyone's got him, he goes off, then just one less RB spot for the entire field. Rob, anything else to add? I think mega stacking teams makes a ton of sense in this format, right? So we always want to stack teams and everything, but we're talking about an eight person final. So if we show up to the gunfight and we decide we want Cincinnati, you know, Kansas city, and we started with some sort of, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins stack, adding Irv Smith, adding Chase Brown, like just getting as much exposure to that team or even some of the lesser teams. So we can do it with a team like the Seahawks as well, making sure we have Lockett, JSN, or some combination of the two wide receivers from them, tacking on Noah Fant, maybe even adding Zach Charbonnet to go with Geno Smith. I think mega stacking teams is like vital almost in this type of in this type of format where we want at least if we're stacking a team, if we can get four to five players from that team is something we want to be looking at. I think it makes total sense. It kind of combines everything uh, both Silas and Trev said, right? Where um, we know that with the small field 
final, if somebody does pop off, like Silas said, or if CMC does go down, like those Eli Mitchell teams just have such a huge edge over everybody. And then they're, they're, like, there's only so many teams. If all of these advancing teams have Eli Mitchell, right? It's Josh Jacobs from last year. It doesn't mean we don't want we don't want Eli Mitchell, but it means the other leverage that you can then create, whether you have him, don't have him, or whatever, setting yourself up to create this leverage, and whether it's super onslaught stacking a team or just tiny little things, right? Like there's only 36 drafts in the whole. So like even you mentioned the Bengals. We know that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, those are very popular combinations in say best ball meaning. We have to be very thoughtful about how we handle, you know, a, a Chase Burrow stack or, or Mahomes Kelsey. In this, that's still like 10 to 14 total teams <laughs> that might have that that stack. And so I, I don't know that you have to as much go out of your way. As Trev said, you know, uh, we don't have to galaxy brain quite as much, but then we can just do really basic things. We know that, right, betting on one team, the Bengals as an example, to have an awesome season is a great way to advance out of your out of your your league, especially when four teams <laughs> make it out of there. Bengals have a good season. Congratulations. You have a bunch of really good players who had good seasons on your team. And then it also sets you up for leverage in the playoffs, right? And leverage, I think people really don't worry about it as much in the small field stuff. I actually think it's almost more important because you if you're the one team out of eight, right? Like, let's say you're playing the Thunderdome. You're, you're, you're a big DFS whale. On a Sunday afternoon, you're playing this 20-person tournament, huge high stakes, and you know all these guys are going to have the same teams. I can just be like like setting up my leverage and have a bunch of guys that nobody else has. And all I really got to do is hit on one, two of those guys because I don't need to put up this 200-plus point week, right? I just got to beat seven other teams in this final. And so you can do these little these uh, micro edges, as Silas called it, to, to just set yourself up perfectly to where you almost can't have this like super chalky team. And you can build to allow yourself to advance really easily, which we know – is is you know going to be important here because it's so kind of easy to advance. How do we take advantage of that and build ourselves leverage in there? Anything else before we uh, start talking about uh, this first round pick? Just to just to clarify, like one of those points, just to simplify it, we said there's 36 drafts in this. So even if somebody has, even if the drafts 50% of the teams take Burrow, Chase, or Mahomes, Kelsey, or something. It's still only 18 teams that have that stack, right? Like, so half, so we don't have to worry about that stuff at all because it's it's just non-existent in this type of thing where we're not worried about thousands and thousands of teams building the same way. At most, it's like 18, 19 teams. And like at that point, who cares? And they could screw it up too, yeah. right? Like yeah. they're not all guaranteed to advance. I mean, of course, if if all these guys are the Josh Jacobs and Cooper Cups and Mark Andrews of the world, sure. Yeah, but that's, very unlikely to happen especially at the prices on some of the teams so yeah i just think being thoughtful as we go through you know we're going to record a bunch of these um and every time thinking about everything we just outlined here how do we you know and we get time to talk about it as opposed to 20 seconds to figure it out on the clock uh let me pull up silas has got us on speaking of on the clock silas has got us here on the clock and zoom in just a smidge we are picking one eleven which is quite possibly one of the worst spots, of course, to pick. Um, but we definitely don't have like a super crazy wide receiver room. Interesting to see CD Lamb goes off at the 107. Travis Kelsey falls to the 108. 
Um, and then Austin Eckler and Bijan Robinson, which leaves us, of course, AJ Brown. But I'm curious what you guys are thinking here in terms of first round went semi according to to plan, but obviously AJ Brown at the 111 is a little bit unique. I mean, I'm smashing AJ Brown if he's available at the 111, yeah. right? Like it's to me, this isn't even like a question. As we, if you want to pull the players back up, Silas, we're looking at like. It's A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ra. A.J. Brown is in a tier above all those other guys to me. So it's not even particularly close. And I, I just think it's the easy smash pick here. And it still allows us outs that if we want to get a second wide receiver, we still may end up with like A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson. If that's the route we want to go, there are some other ways to play this when we get to the second round pick. But for now it's AJ Brown. And I don't particularly think it's close. Yeah. Trev, what do you think? Um, I think we're probably all going to end up fairly yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, agreeable on AJ Brown, but I also want to think about, you know, before we officially make a selection, we did see, you know, Eckler, Bijan, CD got pulled up. It's kind of a, not a, not like a crazy start, but kind of the ordering was a little bit different. We do have, you know, some of these, Higher stakes guys, everybody sees two gun and all of their, uh, you know, multi-time Millie winner. I know need lunch money as a big uh, DFS whale. And so how are we just thinking about, you know, these first couple of, of selections, w- knowing kind of how this room may unfold? It's clearly not, you know, some wide receiver avalanche. So does that mean we, we want to be piling on these wide receivers or how are we thinking about since we're sitting at the turn? I mean, I think just – best player available at the start. And then you get a guy, I think AJ Brown's up in the, I put him in like the Tyreek Hill tier, Cooper cup, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown. I think he's that good. I think the Eagles could pass more, you know, it just, this one's kind of an easy pick to me. Um, And on top of that, you know, they just have the, he has the best quarterback of all the other wide receivers around. I'd say best offense, you know, they were just in the Super Bowl, So I think he's far and away, just the best player. And, you know, even if it is a RB heavy room, you know, that just gives us more value at wide receiver. And I'm fine with just piling them up and going crazy. Silas, what do you think about AJ Brown? And then um, what are you thinking, you know, that sets us up for here at the turn? Are, are we into reaching and trying to create an Eagle stack? Are we going to kind of Trev mentioned like best player available, keep pounding. There's gu- guaranteed to be a good wide receiver here left for us, right? Obviously there's only two picks before we're on the board again, or, or how are you thinking about what this sets us up for that two Oh two pick? Yeah. So kind of how the first 10 or so picks went, like it kind of feels like an FFPC room where, you know, people are not afraid to take running backs. Right. Um, I am not – I don't feel like we have to reach for a running back. There's three that I actually would would be fine here, um, but they'd be fine at 14 as well. Um, I obviously like the wide receivers. Um, A.J. Brown feels like the easy pick. The only thing that I could say is, you know, Devontae does have somewhat of a better playoff schedule. Not that I think we have to think about that. Um, you know, you, you could see the Raiders in shootouts against the Chargers, Chiefs, and then that Colts game. They shouldn't have any secondary whatsoever. Um, obviously, there's a QB concern, um, but I was going to say you need a QB in order to shoot out. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true, right? That is something um, you need. Uh, but I, I think they both do have similar same game ceiling upsides, right? Like Devonte, you could see put up a 40-40 moment at any given point. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. 
Um, AJ Brown, obviously, we've seen him throw up 35 to 40 points, and that offense is fantastic. Um, I'd say the one concern a little bit, right, is they should be still a, a fantastic team. So do they start resting people down the stretch? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that overweighs, and I still think AJ Brown's the pick. Um, and then kind of moving forward, like I don't think ADP matters in this because there's only 432 GGs. Like I think we can feel free and like if we like somebody and we want to reach for them, like feel free to do it. Because one, it's only going to add us, uh, give us some unique leverage. Um, and then two, you know, it, 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 there's only 36 drafts. So reaching really isn't going to change much for, for anybody else. Right. We're not really worried about getting unique combinations. One thing that I'll push back a little bit on is the Eagles resting players down the stretch. Totally a a thing that could happen. Their schedule is tougher this year. They're playing the AFC East. They also have the Kansas City Chiefs on their schedule. Um, I think the NFC East as a whole is going to be a bit better this year as well. I think Washington's going to be a bit better. Dallas is going to be Dallas. And even the, um, the New York Giants are coming up as well. So I don't think we're going to see them rolling teams quite like they did last year and not just resting players at the end of the season, but resting them in second halves of games. I think they're going to have to play a bit more, which I think just like, like raises the ceiling, not just for AJ Brown, but every single Eagle that we want to take is going to have more opportunity throughout this year. I still think they're clearly the best team in the NFC East, but my concerns aren't, as heavy about them resting players down the stretch. Could it happen? Of course, but it's not something that's preventing me from drafting anyone from that team. I think the, uh, the really interesting part here that I'm excited to, to get into over the course of the first really few episodes is how these kind of first round picks come together because we're not like, obviously at this point, we don't really know what this room is going to be, you know? And so uh, obviously, uh, me and, and probably a lot of us lean into to wide receivers, or at least being smart about how we how much we invest in the in the early running backs. But you know, we're going to have two picks in before we really know. I guess if the guy at the turn takes both JT and Saquon or something, that tells us something. But I suspect he'll probably take <laughs> at least one of these wide receivers, if not two. And so, um, how we handle that that second? I mean, uh, you know, Silas is bringing up Devonte. Devonte could be there for us, you know, at the, at the, uh, two Oh two, uh, I don't think AJ Brown would ever get back to us. And so I think ultimately that's probably why we just, we just take him and then kind of see that the two Oh two is going to be a pretty interesting pick actually, I think, um, for this tournament specifically, because we talked about kind of onslaught stacking. We talked about, you know, I mean, how many AJ Brown Jalen hurts teams are there even going to be in this, in this tournament, you know, that's something to consider. And then obviously we know the room is, probably not going to be a super wide receiver heavy room. So, you know, how do we manipulate that? And, and I think, uh, but I, I just like starting with AJ Brown and then seeing at the two Oh two kind of what, what this room is going to, you know, what, what we can do with this room. And I think the point that you're making there actually opens the discussion at the two Oh two to everything. We can do the Jalen Hurts stack if we want to, because it's going to, like you said, I think the RBs are going to be a premium just based on the first 10 picks in this draft. I mean, Eckler Robinson going over A.J. Brown isn't something you always see happen. We see Christian McCaffrey. So we have three RBs with the potential of a fourth going if this uh, if Braden in the 12 spot decides to go Saquon or Jonathan Taylor. So there could be four RBs off the board early. So if we take Jalen Hurts, it doesn't 
it doesn't feel like we're reaching too bad because it feels like we're going to get some value at wide receiver in the third and fourth rounds that we might not normally get in not a hundred percent going to happen. I mean, anything could happen. We could get a wide receiver avalanche in the second round here, but I think the value on wide receivers are going to get pushed down a bit, which makes drafting from the back end in these particular drafts, probably more likely to want to go zero RB than we would in other drafts, right? So that's just the stuff that I'm looking at as and going to be interested in seeing develop as we draft this team. I agree. Anything else, uh, Silas or Trev, before we smash this AJ Brown button and uh, and wait for our second pick? I'm all I'm all good. I'm all for it. I'm. I thought we were gonna have to settle for CD or someone and yeah, yeah, AJ Brown just to smash. Yeah, I know, I know. We got we got a little we got a little lucky, so we'll take we'll take AJ Brown. Uh, if Silas wants to do the let's let's just let's fire off this this first pick, then we'll get ourselves set up for episode two of this fun new series we are we are doing. I think uh, we're 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 calling it the Spike Week Gang drafts a bulldog. Um, <laughs> Anything Do you not want to use the here, title Rob? that I that I created for the room? I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bring bring that one up on here. I already screwed up once at the beginning saying the two teams advance out of the regular season. I don't need to bring up your nonsense into this as well. No, that's it for me. I'm I'm excited to see uh what Braden does at this at this double tap picks with the twelve one and then see where we're gonna end up going. Awesome. We'll be back probably pretty quickly, depending upon uh, how long uh, our friend Braden at the turn takes to make this selection. And we will be recording one of these for every single time that we are on the clock here. So you're going to get to see our faces uh, a whole lot over the course of the next couple of weeks as we polish up this bulldog. But we'll be back shortly for round two at the 202 after an A.J. Brown start in the bulldog. Peace. A few moments later. So as we signed off from our first pick with AJ Brown, Braden takes his two picks right away within one minute. So we decided let's just jump back in. Let's get our second pick going. Um, I'm here still with Eric, Silas, and Trev, as we've decided not to vote anybody off the island. But let's, <laughs> let's just get right into it and see what Braden did, what he left us with, and where we're going to go. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So as we pull it up, we see that Braden went with Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. So not we were talking that four running backs might possibly go in the first round in this draft, and they do. But then a fifth goes right off after Jonathan Taylor with Nick Chubb. He, he bypasses Saquon to grab Nick Chubb. And that leaves us with a lot of possibilities here. And I'll let Silas start. What are you thinking when you see both of the RBs go? What what is your initial gut reaction to it? My initial gut reaction is to kind of kick running back to the curb. Um, you know, even though they're they're really getting hot and frisky, like they're gonna run out of running back picks, especially in the mid rounds. And you know, uh, us sickos, we, we love a good zero or hero RB team. Um, that's kind of where I would be leaning. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I'm trying to go towards someone who has you know, significant single game high, like a high ceiling. Um, that's Devante. I mean, Garrett Wilson with uh, Aaron Rodgers could be Olave, Jalen Waddle, even Amon Ra. Like all of them could literally pop off this year. 
Um, you know, I could even sprinkle in that that uh, hyper team with with Devonta Smith if we wanted to reach down the board um, and just kind of see what the hell happens. Um, but yeah, that, that, those are my initial takes. Kick, run, right. kick running back down. Go keep keep pissing y'all. I feel yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, what about you? What are you looking at here? Oh well, I'm feeling the exact same way. You know, it's like it went crazy on running backs early, but. Really, it was just weird that A.J. Brown fell. Other than that, you know, it was just Eckler and Bijan went a couple picks early, and they could still hammer wide receivers rounds two and three. And we all know after, what, like Rashad Bateman, receivers just get ugly real quick, and there's still a lot of running backs. Um, except I'm – only thing different is I'm probably not Devontae here. I like Garrett Wilson. He probably would be my pick here if it was just me. Um, just because – Man, he did well as a rookie with whatever mashup of quarterbacks with Flacco and Mike White. You know, he's got Aaron Rodgers now, so that that's my guy right here. Um, but I think Hurts is also interesting just because we already said, hey, A.J. Brown, he's going to go off this year. If he's doing that, Hurts is probably going off as well. Eric, where are you uh, looking here? It sounds like we're all going to be on different things, so it's going to be an interesting to talk through after we get our initial takes. So I want to know where you're where you're eyeballing. Well, I definitely agree. Well, with with both of them, but what, what Silas said at first, I think from a strategic and like structural perspective, if all these guys are going to be pounding these heavy running backs early, how can we kind of take advantage of that? And I think it's by dominating them at wide receiver, which is kind of something that the group of us like to do anyway. But if the room is really going to give it to us, right? They already gave us AJ Brown a few picks past ADP. Now they're going to let us get. Uh, another superstar wide receiver here. And we know that we'll be able to kind of make it up at running back, whether it's, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or, you know, in the, even in those later rounds, there's a ton of running backs that we'll get to there. And if all these guys have two, three, four running backs by that point already, we're just going to be able to scoop up some really good value, I think, at running back and fill out that room. So I do lean towards non-running back. I would definitely, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to just locking down the Jalen Hurts and, and A.J. Brown thing again in this smaller field. It's generally not something that I personally actually like to do in many of my drafts, but I think that this tournament is pretty different from that perspective. And if we are comfortable that we'll, we'll be fine at running back, um, you know, then it, it can make some sense. But I do lean towards wide receiver here. I think um, I don't have a strong take, honestly. I have not really been drafting Devontae is one thing I will say. Um but generally, it's it, this situation doesn't play out very often, and I have not obviously drafted in this specific tournament. So I would be willing to take Devontae. I generally do take um, Garrett Wilson over him, but that's that's really just uh, a personal take. I agree with Trev in that I'm pretty worried about the Raiders as a whole. I'm not worried about Devontae Adams, like in his talent, of course, but I don't really see that they have paths. I guess Carson Wentz would be like the the upside case for them at quarterback, you know, that's what, that's like what you're pipe dreaming about. If, you know, if this Jimmy thing doesn't work because it's Brian Hoyer or someone like that after him, whereas yeah, the jets, you know, I guess if something happens to Aaron Rodgers, but like we know that Aaron Rodgers is there and it feels a little cozier to me. Um, and I would rather take a Rodgers than like a Jimmy G in this turn. Like I don't really ever want to draft Jimmy G, especially now with the the level of uncertainty we have about him playing. So 
I agree with both of you guys about non-running back, and I do think I generally lean to Garrett Wilson, but I'm also not like totally tied to that. I mean, Devontae's still arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. If we just set aside the the Jimmy G risks, I, I could totally see it. So I think the one thing that all four of us are going to agree on, we're not taking a running back here. It just it doesn't make sense at all. So I think we can just end that discussion where none of us are looking at running back. I think I think it's almost the prime spot to take Jalen Hurts for a number of reasons. And I'm in on wide receiver too. I'm not like opposed to taking a wide receiver. But stacking Hurts here with A.J. Brown in a room that wide receivers are getting pushed down, which means our third wide our third round wide receiver, because that's where we're gonna have to go is going to be better than normal, right? And then our fourth round, because we're going to double tap wide receiver, most likely third, fourth round. Can't imagine a scenario that we're not. And we might end up with, we're not might, we're probably still going to have the best wide receiver room in the draft at that point. I think it's fair to say. Um, The only guy that could do anything different is like maybe the Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase drafter if they decide to go zero RB as well. It's just, I... I'm not sure people have the balls to do it a lot of the time, to be perfectly honest. And the other thing we could think about with taking Jalen Hurts and stacking him with A.J. Brown in this particular tournament, I'm not saying we have to do this. It's just a thought process. We might not need to take a second quarterback, especially if we're going zero RB. We could just be getting an extra RB spot there because we're advancing four teams. That second quarterback spot doesn't matter to us as much. It's easier to get through. We're already banking and putting the capital into Jalen Hurts that he's the he's the man. There's no regular season prize in this. We don't need to be accruing points. If he's outscoring the field, you know, on a weekly basis, we're we're making up those points that we're going to take the zero on. I'm almost inclined to want to take Hurts. I really wish we had like the seventh overall pick because I would want to push the Hertz down and try to get him in the third at that point. We're not going to get him in the third round. We're not going to get him at the 311. That's that's 100% sure. Right. So that's that's where we need to be looking at. There there's an arm race I agree that we're with you right there. Can, can I jump in for one sec? Sure. Um you know, w- wouldn't a, a better path be take Devonta Smith and get all the passing game work? Expect that they're probably not going to run Hurts as much this year to try and keep him healthy for a playoff run, and he's not really, you know, providing anything on the ground. They're throwing a lot. You get, what, 60, 55, 60% of their pass game work just through their two alpha wide receivers. So we're still banking on the Eagles, but, um, you know, then we can at least push Hurts down. He's going to go in the third round because – we've kind of seen quarterbacks starting to go later anyway, might be one of those rooms that, you know, quarterbacks going to get pushed altogether. Um, and you kind of see Mahomes, Allen Hurts kind of get pushed to that later third, um, which they typically did last year. It's also not impossible that he would fall back if we have both of those guys. I, I agree that I don't think that he will. I, I, you know, it's not like a strong probability bet. But if this is a little bit sharper room and we take both of the Eagles guys, there's not a lot of incentive for the other players to take Jalen Hurts other than, you know, he's just the best pick on the board. But the only way to possibly get the double stack 
is by taking Devonta here because Devonta isn't not getting back to the 311 either. And to Silas's point, I definitely like like again, we're we're arguing, you know, uh to a bunch of different awesome uh scenarios, but theoretically we would allow ourselves to not get of course we're not gonna get locked out of wide receiver because we're we're just gonna draft better better and more early wide receivers probably than everyone in this room. But we don't have that risk, right? You know, even even that late third round wide receiver is like not awesome, right? It's kind of after Devonta and T and whether depending on what you think of, I think Robbie even said like DK Metcalf's almost in his own little mini tier mm-hmm. there, you know, a lot of those guys might be gone by the 311. And now we're taking the Amaris and the, you know, Ridley's and Mike Williams and Judy and stuff who are just not as strong. And this allows us to still get that Eagle stack. Right, whether we have Hertz or not, now we have the two superstars from the Eagles. Maybe a sliver of you know a five percent chance that Hertz falls back to us because we took both of them, and we're getting this wide. We're we're still dominating wide receiver because we didn't detour in the second round for for the quarterback. I do think it's a. I actually had shout out to Silas. I had I didn't think about Devonta Smith really a ton, but I do think it actually makes some sense in terms of we're getting that Eagles like kind of bet that you, that Rob was talking about with with Hertz without having to spend the second round pick on the quarterback and you know it's going to give us tons of tons of flexibility like if we don't get Jalen Hurts it's fine we're getting all the passing game from the Eagles but now it does give us a little bit more flexibility and if we didn't really have a strong stance on Devonta Garrett Wilson Amon Ra then why not put Devonta's name in the hat as well yeah my my only pushback on the point would be I don't see them changing their offense in terms of Hertz running this year. But I do like the points because I know we're talking about getting unique doesn't matter in this tournament as much. The one caveat to that, we might be the only team that decides to go AJ Brown with Devonta Smith. And if you're the only there might be team, a Hertz. Yeah, there might be a Hertz somebody takes, right? You could get AJ Brown at seventh or something, and then you come back and take Hertz in the second round. But like the Devonta AJ Brown thing doesn't line up, and God forbid we get Hurts in the third round, we will be the only team with those three in this whole tournament. Yeah, so I do kind of like that. It, it's because I wasn't thinking Devonta Smith myself because I was like, if we're going receiver, I had a feeling we were going to go Garrett Wilson um, over Devonta Adams. But this is kind of like a fun idea and just so different that I'm yeah. kind of leaning towards it. I was going to say initially, like when we brought it up, I was like anti um, and then just talking through it because, you know, right away you see the names up top and you probably you're like, yeah, I draft all those guys before Devonta Smith, like think they're going to do better. Mm-hmm. But one, we, we don't know anything. We're just it's a guessing <laughs> game at this point. And two, you know, it doesn't we're, we're not good. We don't need to get first in this. We need to get top four. And even if it sounds bad it does it definitely raises our floor almost every we're getting yeah we're getting a good score yeah, yeah we're, we're getting a good score no matter what every single week right uh, uh, even like if something happened well i guess i shouldn't say this because i keep dunking on Mariota all, all off season but like even if something happens to hurts these guys are so good that they're probably not going to be like completely horrible of course we don't want that but like like you said we only need to get in the top four and then even in the playoffs we're just like guaranteeing ourselves a great week out of these guys in the playoffs. We could show up to the final 
right? Like if we get the T Higgins, Jamar Chase, like ping pong throughout the playoffs, we show up with the only AJ Brown team, right? Because Devonta went off in the, in the week 16, it just sets, it's the micro edge. Like Silas talked about when we recorded round one, it's like setting ourselves up without doing anything really silly to, to have leverage throughout this whole tournament, even. Yeah, that last point is exactly what I was thinking about, Eric. Like, we know that these guys kind of flip-flop throughout the season. At least that's what they did last year, right? Like, they had ceiling games back-to-back. Typically, you know, something really wasn't the same same person two weeks in a row. It was kind of the opposite. Uh, So you're going to gain, you know, leverage on the field because a lot of people are going to have Devon Smith. How many of them are going to have A.J. Brown? Um, You know, and then based on where his typical ADP is, you know, seven, eight, nine. You know, I think more people probably gravitate towards or gravitate towards taking Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I don't think they're thinking about scrolling down and taking Devonta Smith. Agreed. Kind of like pa- it. Yeah, I was gonna say passing on Hurts that gives us another chance to push down a Metcalf or someone who probably would go earlier. Someone takes Hurts, and that's another wide receiver, another running back still on the board for us. Or any just- of the quarterbacks, or any of them. Like even if Hurts goes, if we somehow get. Mahomes or Allen and we lock up the Eagles passing game and then we can just do another stack with with either of those other two guys like it probably won't happen but if it does like jackpot right like we're we're like we're off to the races and we have such a unique build that even though we say that unique builds aren't as you know it doesn't matter as much we're building two of the best offenses in the league when no one else is going to have them giving us more outs and we, you know, 15, 16, 17. I'm in, I'm in for Devonta Smith. I did just want to also add in really quickly. When I look at our projected ownership, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith is a 2% owned pairing. Whereas AJ Brown and Jalen hurts is a 20% own pairing. And so um, of course that's, that's, there's only 36 teams in this. We don't know exactly how that will shake out right when in the end results, but it just goes from a directional perspective. Everything you guys said is spot on teams that take AJ Brown are going to go to the quarterback first. They're not going to go to his teammate wide receiver. So if we go to his teammate wide receiver and yet we're we're capturing all that pass game, we have the tiny sliver to still get Jalen hurts or get one of the other elite quarterbacks. We're not, ever really going to be locked out a wide receiver now there's leverage opportunities it's 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 pretty funny because i i wasn't even like super strongly considering devonta and then silas brought him up and as we talk it through i do kind of feel like again specifically for this tournament i think it makes a lot of sense yeah it's something i probably want to sprinkle in a little more at other stuff too but for this one specifically i'm in i'm in for the i'm in for the eagles the eagles double if we can do it Anyone else? That thing is, I don't even think I'm sold on it. <laughs> I think I sold you guys on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the no, it, I, it makes sense though. Like it, if you if you talk through it, it, it does. It's it just I think being able to advance four teams to the second round and then two out of six, like. It's in an eight man, eight man final, right? Like in BBM. Sorry, I was just get, get to clarify like that the eight man final thing. And those, those playoff rounds is super important for this specific thing that we're talking about doing with Devonta. You show up to the BBM final and you spend your first two picks on Eagles wide receivers. When you know, they're probably not going to go off in the same week. There's perks, but like you're punting off one of your first two picks probably in the fi- in the championship final. And it's, so it's a thinner path to win in this. It, 
there's only seven other teams. You could yeah. punt off your you could punt off your first or second round pick, and it's totally fine. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think with the small number of teams, the high we need AJ Brown to go off. If he's going off, Jalen Hurts is probably going off, and there's going to be a lot of Hurts AJ Brown teams at that point. Drafted both of them, and if we do get one of those back and forth, T Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase. Let's say uh, weeks 15, 16, Devonta Smith goes off. There's not a lot of A.J. Brown teams in the finals. We, we're easily the only one with an eight-man final. 100%. Yeah. All right. So my vote is Devonta Smith. I'm sold. There we go. Silas? <laughs> I, I mean, you're all on it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it makes fault. sense. I, it, it's, you did it's this. Hard. You, have no, one to, you hard. have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> I just like to think things through, you know. Um, no, it, it, it's tough because I, I don't necessarily see his single game ceiling as high as the others, but I like taking a bet on the Eagles offense. So it, yeah. it just makes sense. I, I don't disagree with that at all either. I think, nope. you know, like in, in a vacuum, you want the other guys, but paths to victory feel better having both of the guys that we're going to have. So I'm in. Let's do it. All good. Let's do it. There you go. All right, and this is a slow draft, so we're going to be releasing these two picks on one video, and we'll probably see you in three years for rounds <laughs> three and four if, uh, as we got the back-to-back, you know, 11 pick here. So anything before we sign off, gentlemen? Nope. All good. Cool. All right, well, we will catch you next time here at Spike Week with this bulldog draft that uh, we're going to win $30,000. So... Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on. We draft a team. Boom. You know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.